0: Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of hey life. Hey guys, I'm here today, solo, to introduce to you a special, special program that we have. I'm going to be bringing you some hot takes and some important stuff that's happening right now. And we'll get through that and get to this extra special interview with Brent Sopel full-length, unedited, that covers everything from education to addiction to hockey to playing in other countries. You name it. Brent Sopel, Stanley Cup champ, we're going to be talking about it. He pours out his soul. I say some things that you've never heard me say before, and I can't wait to bring that all to you. And first, we're going to get to you with some news from the quarantine and something that happened last night with an earthquake and a toilet. Last night, In Los Angeles, there was an earthquake. It was actually very close to where I live. What was crazy about it is, I guess, to be blatantly honest with you all, I was in a bit of a compromising situation when I was experiencing the earthquake because I was on the toilet. And I've never been on the toilet during an earthquake before. I'm not going to get into all the details of what was going on, but let me just say that it was awkward. And so when it was going on, I decided, you know what, I'm going to turn on my camera real quick because I was already looking at pictures. And I turned on the camera and I started videoing my, the toilet paper shaking and then it stopped. And then I put it on Twitter. So you can go see what I was experiencing during the earthquake on, at my The Aaron Wolf Twitter and uh, it's one of the first tweets up there. It's a video of toilet paper. So it's kind of interesting. Earthquake with the big top thing right now, toilet paper, at the same time during the quarantine. Yeah, so I guess there's, there's a bit of uh, a bit to be grateful for. I was safe, and I got to experience something new during this time when we're doing the same thing again and again and again. Yay, hope Gong. Boom. Uh, another thing that was interesting is this week, there was a special on TV, a big special. It was the salute to Prince. What was interesting when I turned on the special, Prince the artist, the symbol the artist, the, the symbol that then became the artist, that then became the symbol, whatever, that guy who died. Great artist, one of the best. And there was a special on him, that's cool, I wanted to watch that, so I did. What was weird was there was a huge crowd, and it was from 2015, but everyone was still tweeting about it. They were like, this is the big thing of the night, this repeat from 2015 of Prince and the special. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to take something from this special. What I took from it was there's a a dancer named Misty Copeland, amazing dancer, uh, beautiful woman. And afterwards, she was talking a little bit about getting kicks to the head as a dancer. And it's never too bad or too good getting kicked in the head as a dancer. Well, I wanted to relate that to my life. And what I did is I thought during all this, um, the hope I got from the, the 2015 special on Prince that wasn't live, that was the number one rated show of the night, by the way, I looked. But the kicks to the head thing, all of us right now are getting kicked in the head in some fashion. And unless you're on death's door, which, man, I feel for you or the families and loved ones... That you're experiencing that with. If that's not happening. We're all getting kicked in the head. But it's not too bad. It's not too good either. But it's not too bad. So Misty Copeland. Thank you for contributing that from 2015. For right now. And with that. I'm going to bring up another. Thing that happened that was interesting. Is a couple people have commented. In different ways on. Big heroic figures from the past. And how. That relates to the now. As you know, Rohit and I, we have founded a new party, the Logic Party. It's neither Republican, nor Democrat, nor Libertarian, nor any other one. It's the Logic Party, and it's based in logic. And so there are some issues that I want to talk about that have to do directly with the Logic Party and bringing logic out of things that seem oh so illogical right now in our news. The first was a White House advisor named Stephen Moore. And he compared the protesters right, who are protesting right now because they want the states to open up so that then they can be have their jobs but also be more exposed to a pandemic that they could die from. Doesn't totally make sense to me. And he compared them to Rosa Parks. In my opinion, again, this further brings light to where we have to put things in perspective a bit, Uh they're in no way like Rosa Parks. What Rosa Parks did was she was sitting on a bus trying to liberate her people and show and stand for what her people needed so they could be liberated. The people who are complaining because they can't go to work right now, can't go to work because they might die. Rosa Parks was standing up for the people who some were dying because they were being persecuted. These people are saying we want to have our rights back and we think this is a hoax or whatever they're saying because they might die. So I don't think that's a, a fair comparison, Stephen Moore. The hope I get from it, though, is I always like to think of heroes like Rosa Parks, actual heroes during this time who put their life, who put everything on the line to stand for something. And I think we need to stand for what's right, what makes people healthy, what makes people people. Feel okay right now, and be there for each other, and not start making outlandish comments like Stephen Moore did. Another guy who made something uh, important an uh, important comment to this week, in my opinion, as a, a Jew, um, was Patton Os- Oswalt. The guy is funny. If you don't follow him on on uh, like Twitter and stuff, you should. He's very funny. He was in a movie with Charlize Theron, where like she was really bad, and he was. Like, the good guy. I really like that movie. I forget the name. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was the voice of a Bugs Life guy from that movie. Anyway, he made a tweet, um, and I will read it for you right now. He said, Anne Frank spent two years hiding in an attic, and we've been home for just over a month with Netflix, food delivery, and video games. And there are people risking viral death by storming state capitals and screaming, Open Fuddruckers. To me, he has a lot of truth behind that. And I thought it was a little funny too. It is true that unless you are actually without a home or um truly can't eat, we have it really good compared to what Anne Frank and the Jews in the Holocaust went through. What was what was bad about this was Patton Oswald got a lot of hate from people because then they say, Oh, he's just a stupid Hollywood whatever. And he's rich and stuff. To me, if this was written by someone who had nothing and who was just living in an apartment and a regular person, I would think that's a good tweet. It doesn't matter that he's Patton Oswald or not. It's a good commentary on what we're going through. And so to just then blatantly say that he's bad for it, no. The hope in it is he brought up a very good point. I think it's very true. We all have to just like the getting kicked in the head thing. We got to look about that we got kicked in the head, but it's it's okay. Um, we're it's not bad, but it's not it's not good, but it's not the worst. So with that, it brings us to that liberating concept. Um, everyone is saying liberate their states with these things that we're talking about, with what Patton Oswalt talked about, with this Stephen Moore thing that was really off color to me, um, literally. Uh, and so liberating states is about life. It's about giving people life, right? You liberate so that people can live. When there's when, when uh, Trump was saying liberate Michigan and liberate this state and liberate that state, but also saying close the states because there's a virus and everyone's healthy, you're not liberating people if you're saying go out and die or potentially die. That's not what liberating is. So I think with all of these concepts, the, the hope is that at least a few of us can understand what liberating is and, uh, and where we're at right now, and that it isn't good, but it's not the worst. So with that, we go to our little quick hope fulfilled section. As we've talked about in the past, WHO, or the World Health Organization, uh, was defunded by the White House, and Trump was blaming them for everything. This seemed weird to me because the things he was blaming them for, they can't actually get blamed for um they did de- they aren't in charge of what was cool to me though because i thought this was a mistake on on the united states's part to do this uh but then like 2 days later this past weekend there was a huge special on every single network all of them carried it including online everything they all had it on and it was a special lady gaga put on And one of the coolest moments to me was Laura Bush and Michelle Obama together, along with tons of organizations who were all raising money for World Health Organization. So the U.S., the White House and Trump defunded it and blamed them. And then they put on a giant special that was bipartisan where everyone was saying how great the World Health Organization is, and you had speakers from the World Health Organization saying what they want to do to help us. And then Laura Bush, obviously a Republican, and Michelle Obama, obviously a Democrat, went on TV at the same time to say they supported this and that we have to give money to this and come together. That was awesome. What happened outside of that was not good, but it was great that then people did something about it, bipartisanly rallied around this World Health Organization so that we could put money that the country isn't giving into it so that we can maintain our standing with world health. So that was cool and it was really neat to see Laura Bush and Michelle Obama together on on screen for that moment. Um, So finally, one other piece of hope fulfilled and then we are going to get into the Brent Sopel interview, which I really can't wait to hear what you think about, is health app data. So on Saturday, I'm going to admit, I didn't do anything. I stayed in my bed and uh, barely moved. And at one point, it was about 4 o'clock, and I looked at my phone, and I I'd I'd made 29 steps total, 29 So then I felt pretty bad about myself because that's a really pathetic day to only do 29 steps. And I was like, man, that's lazy and not good of you, Aaron. But then I felt hope. And here's why. So in the app on your iPhone, it says 29 steps. But then under it, it says walking plus running distance. And I immediately thought kind of good about myself because my app thinks that I may have run those 29 steps. I didn't, but I may have. And so I thought that's cool that they they assume that I might be running and not just walking the 29 steps. So thank you Health Data app on Apple because you gave me hope that I might have ran those 29 steps. So with that, it's time for the full unedited interview with Brent and I, where you really hear us pour our hearts out, and really, Brent, uh, about everything from uh, addiction to education, to winning the Stanley Cup, to playing hockey around the world, you name it. So with that, here is the full, unedited interview of Brent and I. Always look on the bright side of life. So dude, welcome to The Hopeless Show. Uh, we had zero clue that everything would become so hopeless.
1: Every day, I have a conversation with somebody new, and it's just that fear the unknown.
0: Yeah, you just. So, what are some of the things that come up when you're talking to people, or that that you find that people are people who are dealing with this right now?
1: You know, the biggest people that I find are people in uh, you know sobriety you know, um, they built their sobriety on a routine, you know, and what's that get up in the morning, maybe going working out, maybe going to a meeting. Um, but that's how they built it. And now they can't, uh, you know, they can't do it. So it's, you know, deer in headlights. All right, how do I handle this? And, you know, we've got a lot of AA meetings are on, on zoom like this, but just, you know, it's not the same as being in person. And, you know, being able to connect with uh, you know somebody telling their story, you can see their body language, and you can go and talk to them after. Here, it's click, and you know, it's kind of goodbye.
0: Right. So they, so they're just struggling because what else is there to do? And and our virtual meetings probably aren't the same.
1: No, you know, it's just like anybody else. Time and time, you know, is isn't, isn't good, and you know, you get in your own head, no matter who you are, and uh, you know, that devil can create some crazy th- things in that head.
0: Yeah, and then it's, and so, so you're trying, so one of the things that you're doing during this whole pandemic, yeah. making sure every day there's someone that you reach and with your vast reach being, you know, a uh, former hockey player and Stanley Cup champ yeah. and all this stuff, people listen to you
1: and you know, anybody, whoever's struggling, you know, I spoke to a dyslexic in Idaho yesterday, you know, he's a sophomore mm-hmm. in high school. You know working on him and um you know work with kin phoenix so it doesn't matter where canada um you know anybody who who needs it and you know there i am um ready to help out any way i can
0: that's cool so and how do they how do they get in touch with you so that you can uh like talk to them how does that
1: people that i'm you know talking to right now are, are people that i've been working with for a while but uh you know i put a kid in rehab um, he was from Vancouver. It took me about four months to break down the walls to get him to go. He spent fifty days, uh, so he got out about uh, about a month ago, right before this all started. So, don't know who he is. He just reached out to me on social media, and you know I always you know somebody's reaching out to me. Um, you know I'll try and help out. And you know like I said, it took four months, but um, got him in rehab, and he's been sober for you know just about three months now.
0: That's incredible. So it's and so it just now working through the process of being home alone or with whoever he's with and yeah, it's,
1: you know, it's, it's a different life and you know, there anybody who can reach out to me, I can help them because they just about isn't anything in this world that I haven't gone through. So um, the one that is working with today, he's, you know, he's had to, he was in the psych warden and, and some mental health stuff. He's like, you know, when I'm talking to them, they're, you know, it's like talking to a textbook. I said, well, they haven't lived it. You know, I've lived it. So, you know, I can, tell you different things that they're going to as, a, you know, going to school to be a, you know, a psychologist. But if you haven't gone through these problems, you truly don't know what, you know, what it is, you know, just like you and me, you know, if you don't have that, you read. you know, you could read all you want,
0: but you still don't understand. You don't get it. It's like yeah. we've talked about a lot that learning disabilities in education, dyslexia, ADHD, if you don't live with it and know what it's like to be ostracized in the system, yeah. then you don't have that hands-on knowledge to bring other people hope for for their life to get better.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you know, mental health and somebody commits suicide, and they're like, Oh, how could you do that? How, you know, that's again, they don't know that. You cannot those are the words you could never say because you've never been there.
0: Yeah, exactly. How can they do that? Well,
1: huh. oh, I can no, tell you how been there,
0: you know? Yeah. You know, in general right now, people are feeling hopeless about a lot of things because there's not a lot of connectivity mm-hmm. and one of the things that brings people a lot of joy in their life is sports yeah and you know a lot of i mean i've more been a fan i played some baseball in my life but i but you know you were a champion you're a stanley cup champion uh with the with the blackhawks and there's no sports there's no nhl there's no nba there's no mlb there's no nfl there wouldn't be nfl anyway right now but the other three would be happening right you now. There's none of it. So, what would you say to to fans of the thing that that your, you know, your your life was? That's what
1: it is. You know, I I truly, you know, it's sad that people are losing their lives and you know all the medical staff what they're doing. But you know, I truly think this is a message. You know, it's time to stop and kind of reflect and better yourself and spend time with your family. How many people have you know wife and kids and you're going to this event and you're going to work and you're going here and there? Nobody's taking time to self-evaluate the self, learn how to love themselves, and sit down with your wife and spend, have, a, have a conversation. Because you know that doesn't happen here anymore. It's a go, 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 go world, especially here in the United States, and you're 350 million people, you're fighting for every inch, every parking spot. And you know who really gets affected? Your
0: family. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's, it's cherish those moments with the family. Well,
1: 100% we'll always remember that but you, you know you could make you could really remember this as an uh, You know in an, an amazing way if you had a wife and kids you get to spend time with them and you know reconnect with your wife uh, You know on a different level and see your kids grow up in different ways. It's
0: you never have Yeah, that's it. It's like turning it. It's that glass half full half empty concept
1: 100% and that's you know, that's how I live my life is, you know, you know always could be worse and yeah, you know, again, you know, the bankruptcies and you know, there's there's some sad things that are going on, but if you want to flip those, you know, you could make them really, really positive for you know, for you and your family.
0: Yeah, it's almost like how often do we say, man, I wish I could spend more time with my loved ones, but I'm so busy with work. And yeah. You and I are both like go 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 kind of kind of people, so this yeah. is how to do that.
1: Yeah, you know, I got you know, I have my two teenage, teenage daughters here, you know. I got a little small 900 square foot house with one bathroom. So two teenage girls, it's, it's, it's not, not ideal. I'll tell you that, but you know, we, you know, we haven't sat like that, you know, in years, again, they're teenagers, so they're gone and bouncing around. But um, it's, you know, it's interesting. I've heard conversations that I've never heard because, you know, we're always kind of, you know, ping ponging out, you know, everywhere.
0: So you're, you're finding that you're actually bonding with your kids in a way you hadn't been able to. And
1: I'm, you know, and I'm bonding with myself.
0: That's a great, that's a, Bonding with yourself—that's, I think we all can take something from that.
1: Yeah, you know, you talked about the other day when you talked about the self-love. You yeah. know, um, you know, he kind of overlooked it. Has you know, you know, we're too busy. We're running around, even though we're quarantined, we're still busy. Okay, but
0: where's that time for yourself? Yep. When you've got That's, to learn how to. It's why I'm glad you brought up that topic because self-love and bonding with yourself—it's like thinking. Who am I? Who do I want to be when this is over? Who do I want to be now? Mm. And, and I actually welcome it. You know, everyone, everyone listening to submit, tell yeah. us things that you want to talk about about bonding with yourself, that concept. Cause that's what you just said, Brent, is a great phrase that I think we can all think about every day when we wake up. How you know, am I gonna bond with myself?
1: You know, also what's, what's your legacy? wanting want to be, you know, when you die, what what's that want to be? Is that, you know, Can you look at it right now and be happy with it? Yeah. You know, you, you, you're the only person you can answer it yourself. You know, are you, you know, I'm, you know, I don't want mine to be hockey. You know, I want it to be the foundation and everything. So I've got a long ways to go and, you know, still a lot of work to do. And the one thing you're never perfect at is being perfect on yourself.
0: And that's a constant work in progress. Yes. And, uh, and I think, so two things I want to ask you, because one is more of the surface level things. You brought yeah. up your foundation and hockey. The first thing, which I'm sure our listeners want to know, because it's just an obvious question, is what's it like to freaking win a Stanley Cup? What is that feeling like at that moment?
1: You know, it's, it was pretty amazing. Obviously, I've won the Stanley Cup probably a million times on the outdoor rink, growing up in Canada. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly, it's still pretty surreal. Um, you know, less than 1% ever get to play in the NHL and less than 1% of 1% ever get to lift that trophy. And my name is visible on there for 65 years. And, you know, I'm part of history, which is crazy. I'm just a little Canadian farm boy. Just, uh, you know, now that I want to uh, be part of hockey history, is, uh, it's still surreal for me. really is.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, and it's, it sounds like what we can take from that because, you know, not everyone's going to be able to, uh, to win a Stanley Cup but we can all win our own versions of Stanley cups and we can think of what that goal might be now so that we can have that feeling in our own lives.
1: 100%. You know, never look at somebody else. God made you for a reason and now you can change the world in in your way. And, you know, is that maybe being a teacher, is that being a doctor, is that, um, again, like I said, I, I won the Stanley Cup, but that's not the legacy I want to leave behind. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, the principal foundation, you know, for dyslexia. Um, rocking
0: dyslexic. The, the <laughs> I'm
1: dyslexic, um, you're born that way. We're born with the right brains wired differently. But I didn't find out till 10 years ago. And how I found out was uh, my daughter was struggling, took her to uh, neuropsych and, she did her evaluations and, you know, we went back and, um, going over those test results and, Oh, that's me. And that's me. And that's me. And that's, you know, and, um, so lo and behold, if dyslexia is hereditary, so, you know, she's very happy with me. Thanks dad for passing that along to me. Uh, <laughs> but if it wasn't for her, you know, I still wouldn't know, you know, I was reading at a grade four level in high school.
0: And were you, uh, I think I know the answer, but were you, Enabled because of your hockey abilities to just like let's scoot scoop Brett by because we know where he's going.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I say my education probably doesn't take me past grade eight, but yeah, I got a high school diploma. What is that? You know. Yeah. Write a final exam, write my name, and hand it in. All right, well, just pass Brett. You know, so one hundred percent. You know, I didn't have the capability of of learning. You know, because I didn't know what I had. I just really, you know, you're told you're dumb, stupid, and lazy, and that's what I thought I, I was. And the only place I got my self-esteem was from hockey.
0: And, and that's where we've, we combine is, like, for me with learning disabilities, the things that film and baseball were always my things. I could, yeah. you know, act, direct, create. That was what I was good at, and I was good at baseball. And those were, like, my things. And in school, I was also told you're, you're lazy, you're, you're underperforming, all that stuff. And, uh, and I think now, and I'm curious what you think of this, because people like you with your daughters, people are having to homeschool and spend more time with their kids. I think it's, I hope, enlightening people to how their kids learn and what they'll need post this from the education system, more individualized,
1: yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a scary time for parents. Um, you know, cause you know, if you've got some older parents, it's been a long time, um, to learn how your kid, lear- you know, has to learn, you know, just like is a visual learner? Is the audio learner? It's, you know, that's, there's a lot of information, um, for, you know, for parents to understand really what that is. And. Um, I know some some friends that I've had some communication with. You know, they're actually going to homeschool their kids uh, next year because they've figured out um, this system. Doing it this way is better than going into a normal public system um, where they think it's just a cookie cutter and everybody learns the same you know the same way, which is you know obviously 100% wrong.
0: Yep, and that's what we've. I mean, education reform, which um, we're going to continue to work together on, is such an important thing and it's interesting that you actually have talked to families who are recognizing it now and are going to continue this way because the other way isn't working.
1: You know, back before this started, you know, your kids spent more time at school than, you, than they did with you. So, you know, you missed a lot of their life and there was a lot of habits and tricks and uh, things going on. You never noticed that. So, you know, it's uh, a deer in headlights for a lot of parents. First time actually visually seeing um, issues when you know with their kids. And it's, it's not fun you know, to see your, your kids struggle. It's, you know, like I said, you know, I never want a kid to feel the way I do.
0: Huh. And do you think we can grab, as we move forward with this, and once this is passed at some point down the road, we can use some of the things that we've seen and parents have seen with their kids, so we can almost, we can use it to educate and enlighten the system. Because that's happening now.
1: Yeah, and it's obviously the system's massive. But you know, you just look at your one teacher. You know, a lot of them have thirty kids in there. You know, I can't keep my health, my own home under control, and I'm the only one in it. <laughs> you know, I'm fighting with myself. So there's a teacher, you know, fighting thirty kids with thirty different personalities. And you know, I, in my opinion, you know, you got eighty percent of the population has something. So if that's the case, you, you know, you got what, 28 kids or, you know, 27 kids in that classroom that has something. So the teacher's got to balance. So, you know, if you can come back to the teacher and say, hey, you know, during this quarantine, I learned this about, you know, whoever, and, you know, this worked. Oh, perfect. You know, now she or he can try it. And if it helps both them just, you know, a little bit, I always say you can't get to two till you get to one. You know, that's, that's amazing. Cause that's going to take off stress off the teacher, off the kid and rest
0: and, you know, the rest of the kids that and and also people who are maybe scooting by with their athletic abilities they can't do that right now so parents and the kids have to figure out and they might identify wait you're not where you should be we need to we need to adjust something
1: you know hopefully that is the case but you know um a lot of parents probably won't recognize that and that because that's not their job yeah you know kind of same thing that i you know I say teachers are there to teach, not to diagnose. You know, when we're talking about dyslexia, they don't know. So you get a lot of parents coming back and why didn't so-and-so, you know, know, again, with the parents, you know, they're usually out working, you know, their job. So um, it's a lot for them to do. But again, if you can just pick up the little things there and, you know, if you just can connect a little bit deeper, you know, with your son or daughter, you know, you can't replace that.
0: And that feels hopeful to me because- Oh, yeah. Giving- this is giving people a time to all, it's almost like the earth is shifting a little and this is giving us all the time. One, the climate's getting climate change is getting better. I think that's good. I, I don't know,
1: I'm in Chicago, we got two feet of snow today, so I think it's still the same. I think
0: it's still the same, yeah. <laughs> it's the best in Chicago, in LA we can breathe. Uh, that's good. And, that's and cool. also with, with the, the system, this could alter the system a little so that parents see that a, a little more hands-on approach in working with the kid, the parent, the teacher, together can can make everyone have an equal chance
1: 100 and you know we talk about hopeful and you know what that, it's a that's a huge hopeful that you know, got to spend some extra time with your kids and connect and, and learn about them you know on a deeper level so um you can help them they can turn to you and uh, hey you know this i need this because remember this or you remember that you know absolutely that's you know that's absolutely amazing
0: yeah and and then i guess. If we can change you know this is changing the world in many ways, yeah and this is a positive way for education, then that's a beautiful thing for what we're gonna be doing going forward with uh, with changing the way people look at, at the at how they how they learn and how every single person I think we both believe this wholeheartedly every single person was put on this earth to contribute mm-hmm. and just because someone has dyslexia adhD is on the spectrum, is name the thing, is uh, physically handicapped in some way or disabled in some way. They're all able, everyone is able to contribute and everyone is, deserves that chance.
1: 100% and you know, there's some brilliant kids out there that have the ability to change this world that will never get an opportunity with the cookie cutter system that we have right now.
0: And hopefully this time with their parents, at least some of them, it's changing that course.
1: You know, and one kid at a time can be, you know, a slow process because, again, when you talk about that classroom, everybody's different.
0: Yeah, so one kid at a time. Like, that's all it takes. That individual, uh, one kid at a time, if you could, or one person at a time. And if you can help another person, and I think in general right now with what's going on, if you can do what, Brent, you're doing, and uh, what I sometimes try to do is help someone. If you can help one person who you know needs help right now, whether it be with sobriety, with education, with parenting, with whatever it might be, do it. Now's the time.
1: You're 100%, you know, holding that door. You know a a simple good morning. You have no idea what that individual, you honestly, you could have saved their life by saying that. You don't know what they went through, but how hard is that to say good morning?
0: It's not very hard, and then that that person could have that smile on their face instead of that frown that makes them go off the deep end in some way.
1: You know that may just and put them in the right you know, right path instead of going the route right, down the wrong hole that they're going.
0: And and then hopefully we'll get sports back and we'll get life back and we'll be even better with all of it. And uh, oh, there's uh, friends or it's a kind of family that are out there who uh, are big fans of the blackhawks so just uh get, if you could give them some hope because they're really sad right now that there's mm-hmm. no uh anything can you just uh give a shout out to the ferdman family
1: yeah ferdman family you know hockey will be back but you know for all the sports fans and you know we all miss sports but again you know let's let's take that glass half full you know let's the sports can be 10 times better if we're 10 times better as individuals and uh be able to be in a better place because so then when you go to that you know uh, football game or baseball game or hockey game you know you just handle that day that much better because you know the work you did uh, during this time uh, you might enjoy that game that much more.
0: And I, I guess the last thing I, I want to ask you is if you could give for our audience a a hope challenge something that they can take away that you challenge them to do to to make the world a better place for by themselves that they can do.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I just challenge them to better yourself. Um, self-evaluation is the hardest thing, but it's the best thing. You know, that's how you become a better human being is is looking at yourself. And um, I always say that you have to clean out your closet of every single skeleton. It takes time, but let me tell you, when you get out of there, um, what a different uh, place this world is that you can look at and appreciate just, you know, birds to stars, just, Little things like that, it's just absolutely amazing.
0: And I think that's perfect because if we all can better ourselves, then we're all gonna come out of this better as individuals. And I recommend everyone go follow the Brent Soap Foundation and Brent on social media because he is all about positivity as you've heard and about bringing hope to life with accomplishing what you have, but as you said, but what you're going to accomplish and what you're accomplishing now is even greater.
1: You know, it's uh, like I said, what's your legacy? And I ask myself that all the time. So, you know, you can ask that yourself. The strongest part of your body is your mind.
0: I think what this, the bad part of this that I didn't want to bring up in the, <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. in this is that I think this has also brought out a lot of hate in people. People are just tribalizing and hating each other. And it's like, look, we're all in this together. This is showing how small we are in this world. And, I don't, I don't think we have
1: time for hate right now. It you know, because it's easier to hate, than to go back and self-evaluate and see where you went wrong and admitting it. Yeah. Hard work. So you're taking the easy way out of hate rather than doing the hard work and taking a look at what happened and evaluating it and, you know, admit your faults and, you know, if there needs to be apologies or whatever, doing that. So, um, that's why most of the world doesn't do it. They'd rather take the hate because it's easier.
0: That's a good point, and the that's why we did on the show. We we're doing the logic party. It's not mm. Democrat. It's not Republican. It's just logic. Yeah. What is the most logical thing that we can do right now? And I think you brought up a bunch of those basic logical ways that we can go about this. And it's definitely not calling each other names and hating on each other.
1: You know, again, like the mind's most you know powerful um, muscle in your body, and you, you know, you start that down the rabbit hole. Whew, yeah. It can get really, really ugly, really quick.
0: Yeah. And that's that. We don't, we don't want that. It's happening a lot. But you know, we, people don't know what somebody else went through, you know, no.
1: where they, you know, they adopted, where they're abandoned, where they molested. You don't know. And, it's, you know, so how hard? How hey, how, good morning. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, that and, and on social media, I know when I've had people write me pretty nasty things, sometimes anti-Semitic things. Uh, I always write, I had one yesterday, and I wrote, Oh man, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that. Like it was really nasty what he wrote. Yeah, yeah. He just said, I'm really sorry. What made you feel that way? And yeah. usually they don't respond. Sometimes they do. But, the keyboard warriors. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's easy to say the hate, but then if someone comes back with not hate, they don't know what to do. But I always
1: do that. Yeah, which is good because that's, you know, that's the part of that they don't want to do the work. So it's easier to type whatever than go and understand what you're, you know, because there's always three sides of the story, left, right, and, you know, and the truth. And, you know, we can agree on, agree to disagree. We don't have to all agree, but at least can you put, me, put yourself in my shoes, you know, to see where I'm coming from.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, most people can't.
0: Yeah, like the hit, like history. Like you said, there's, everyone will have a different version of of what happened. And then there's the real version of what happened. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, so don't get into a whole, you know, battle over, agree to disagree. And guess what? Because you're probably part part of yours, right? Part of yours, right? Now let's just get, you know, kind of fill in the rest.
0: Yeah. And then, and then we can move to, we can actually all get to a better place. And the people who are going to hate forever are going to hate forever.
1: You can, you know, again, you can't change them. You, the one thing you can control is only yourself,
0: yeah. And uh, because how are you doing like today?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's good. I had a, a kid that's been sober for two months, so he came over, uh, worked with him for a while. Um, you know, so you know, I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, every day I'm talking to you know, alcoholics, I'm talking to you know, I, I live love helping, that's what makes me, and yeah, that it makes me tick, so you know this thing through me obviously bored out of my mind.
0: Yeah, no, you know, Helping and talking
1: and, and, you know, cause it's creating up a lot of, uh, things that people never, you know, kind of hid, uh, before. So it's bringing up different things and different topics. So, um, you know, I can talk to anybody. I'm a doctor without the doctor in front of it and getting paid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sobel. Yeah, you are without the, uh, and, uh, Hey, I'm a doctor too. We're both doctors.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So that's why, yeah, without the uh the big doctor paycheck.
1: Yeah. You know, I said I was gonna go to Russia, you know, get them to make me a uh certificate that I graduated as as a psychologist. Now I'm ready to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, they and they do that there that you like give them some money. Yeah, I'm a doctor.
1: Well, I, you know, it's you know, I lived there for three years, so yeah, we can get whatever we want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. Afterwards you played there, right? Yeah, three years. And what's it like there? Like, is it a different world?
1: Yeah. You've got uh, the rich, of the rich. When you got it with the rich, you're talking multi-billionaires. You know, it's in Red Square at the hotel. The guy pulled up in his Bentley, you know, one, another identical one pulled behind it. Four guys came out, big boys, six, five guys sawed off, shot, saw it off whoosies, let this guy out, you know, two took him and then the other two took the car, the car. Yeah. It's a, uh, what? Or then you got Babushka walking her cow down the road because that's her only, you know, income.
0: So it's based, It's like kind of like India. I've been there for work. It's like there's no middle class. And
1: yeah. yeah, Moscow is as expensive as it gets. Like you know, everything's marked up thirty percent. So you're buying, you know, if you're buying a you know Bentley, now you're paying an extra thirty percent on it. And yeah, just just crazy.
0: But being a player there, you're in the upper class.
1: Right. Well, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, obviously, uh, you know, I've got some Polish in me, so I, you know, I looked, I looked the part and you know, I, you know, it's not like I was a sweet, blonde hair and blue eyes. Uh, you know, I fit the part. So, but again, I, you know, I really enjoyed it being in Kazakhstan and Belarus and, La- and you know Latvia, just places that you would have never been in Siberia to St. Petersburg to Moscow
0: to the Chinese border. Um, you know, life, life lessons. And you got to tour them a bit while you're playing. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, for sure. Because I'm part, uh, let's, I don't know how, well, one, one, I'm one fourth Russian. Okay.
1: And that's, yeah, uh, you know, the country's massive from Moscow, Chinese border is seven hours in the air, seven yeah. times old.
0: So it's huge. It's just oh, huge. Yeah. It's way bigger. That's, we can't get that. I don't think people get that concept of what it, you know, people either think Russia's bad because it's, it does. <laughs> I mean, they've been bad at times.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's the media which which controls it. You know, so I, you remember when uh, Russia you invaded Ukraine about like, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was over there then.
0: Really? What, what happened? Like, what was it like? So,
1: it was literally, you know, just like a two square, you know, square blocks. I was at, you know, and my parents are calling. It's like the whole country's going down. And, you know, so I was the only North American. I had a buddy of mine who was from Finland and Latvia. We always go for dinner. And we'd always spend the afternoon looking at all these news. So my one buddy could speak eight languages, the other one could speak four, and I could speak Canadian, that's it. So <laughs> we'd compare the news, you know, we'd compare the articles to see what they're talking about, you know. So that's how, how you know, the government, you know, you asked for topics, yeah. you know, how they were dictating what was, you know, being said and what information, and not
0: even close. Like, and yeah, none of them lined up. Really? It was crazy. Yeah. So... So what we were getting here was totally different than what was actually happening. Yeah. Everybody's like
1: thinking the whole country's going down and, you know, they're riding in, in Kiev and it was like one block and they, you know, they made it, to, you know, sound. It was like, it was the whole country. And again, like, did, you the media,
0: it, did you see that one block or no?
1: No, I didn't get, you know, um, there was a team in, uh, in that town, but, uh, they, they'd gotten out of there. Um, you know, saw some of the aftermath when we went back there, but, uh, um, never did go down there.
0: That's interesting. So it was, so would that be the Russian media controlled what we heard or would it be our media?
1: Everybody, you know, so the Ukraine to, uh, the Latvian to the Finnish to the Swedish, you know, so we'd all check them all out just to see, you know, what it was. And, you know, um, it's all dictated with what they're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, exactly. It's like the, uh, the one, the, the, the TV show, cause I, I wasn't around for I was really little whenever the Chernobyl thing happened but, oh yeah uh, but that movie did you watch that movie yeah it was an awesome movie or it was a long movie <laughs> like six episodes and it,
1: you know I lived there so I know that you know I know that whole thing even personally even deeper because I lived there and um yeah it, it crazy
0: and because that was showed I mean they were re- actually lying to not only their citizens but to the world yeah. about what happened just to have the media give them this good image when they had totally screwed up everything. You
1: know, um if Putin's got people flying in for, you know, for the day, you know, he sends up the army, you know, and drops some chemicals to make sure it's a nice sunny day.
0: <laughs> what
1: there's <laughs> about in those three airports, supposedly there's you know a warehouse of pallets of cash that are his and one oh. yeah. my, my buddy his um his good friend, his job is laundering money. Really? Mm-hmm. No, it's a whole different ball game. Whole War different.
0: For Putin? No, no, just normal guys. And that's their job. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and you were playing there, so you were focused on hockey and hanging out with your friends and whatever. But you'd meet all the these kinds of higher up people in this in society, right?
1: I you know people I met and uh, cultures and the accent you know we had a playoff game we ended up winning we had two guys get pulled over for drinking and driving cost one five hundred and the other one seven hundred they drove off here paid off the cops and drove
0: yeah not leave their car drove off and here you'd be in the slammer in two minutes yeah that's insane and then they yeah. play in the park, you know, parking for an example
1: you know where you pull up you know there's two cars parallel parked and there's just that spot that's just too small they'll literally drive in between. Half on the car, half in the curb. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah.
0: And it's and you get away with it depending on where you are in society. There,
1: you know, you know, everybody gets away with it. There's no, there's literally no rules. Really? Uh, on the road, yeah. Like my buddy, we go for coffee, parked on the sidewalk, and literally opened the door, took one step, opened the door, i in the coffee shop. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah, it's you know a different animal.
0: That's uh. And do, does it, did it ever make, did you want to like go back or do you, are you like, no, nah, I had enough of that?
1: Yeah. You know what? I'd love to go back again. You know, my one buddy, the Finnish guy came, you know, I was going through my divorce while his mom was dying. So him and I really, you know, became best friends. And uh, so I want to go back and see him. And I, you know, again, you know, they treated me well and, you know, you learn, i met a lot of people and, um, again, just learning about the cultures and how different they are and the food and, um, you know, some interesting places. I definitely was, Again, like we put our pants on the same way, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. We all shit, we all fart. It's you know, same thing. Fart. Yeah. We all could get coronavirus. Yeah. So, like it's exactly, and but the that status thing. Oh, you're this. Oh, then therefore that. It can become real nonsense. Same with well, film.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, I, I, I was I almost said, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. I don't care how much money you have. Again, if you're not, if you don't love yourself. You can have a billion dollars. No. Guess what? I, that's not fixing it.
0: No, nope. and so it's some of the most um, miserable people or insecure people I've met here, or some of the richest.
1: So I was in rehab in uh, West LA. So you know, went to Beverly Hills, did all the meetings, and oh, oh yeah. He- So yeah, I was with a lot of them, and yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I don't know if you read my article. Um, you know, I always I talk about hiding behind my stick. I did read it, yeah. yeah. You know, so they're they're hiding behind their career. Um, I don't know if we talked about it, you know, said that, you know, right now we're on a growled road, but I'm trying to pave the road so the world could accept Tom Cruise talking about his dyslexia. Um, Jennifer I'm talking about, but they're, they're, they're not ready for it yet.
0: No, Keanu. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, like, should be talking. And he, he's, like, the most open about it, but there's still not really a platform for
1: it. You know, it's, I would love to connect with them, And, um, you know, I'll tell my story raw, you know, talk about the drugs and alcohol and suicide, and let everybody relate to me, you know, and there'll be a day where um, Kiana can talk about it and the world will accept it and it'll be, for him, it'll be just like taking blocks of, you know, steel off his shoulders.
0: I know, especially as, like, he's, like, so private.
1: You know, and, you know, so I'd love to connect with them and just to have him in a corner, but, you know, for example, I, you know, Donald Trump, President Trump. One hundred percent dyslexic.
0: A hundred million percent and yeah. ADD and I mean he's I think he's learning disabled. He has all of the pieces. They yeah. never got touched and so he was just enabled constantly with money.
1: And you know so many defense mechanisms that he that he's had. Could you imagine your most powerful uh, person in the world and you got to hide behind that?
0: Yeah, you can't. Which is obvious. You can't. He can't. You know his vocabulary is minimal. Well, you know, you can't,
1: can't read. You yeah, can't. you know, go back to Obama. you know, he could read all day long off the teleprompter. Trump, you know, he can't. He cannot. You know? No. So my goal, I'm hoping that you know, he get if he gets reelected, you know, because I was supposed to meet with him right away. Um, his grandson's dyslexic. I've been, you know, I was going through my security clearance. But you know, my hope is that I can convince him to come public, which would be. Because you if you want to turn a second term, you know, you can't go any further. It doesn't matter what ending now, but you can change the world by saying,
0: "Yeah, I'm dyslexic." If he did that, it would change the entire education system and change how so many people looked at it, you 100%. know.
1: And that's so me, you know, being dyslexic, my long-term goal. That, that's you know, you know, that's what uh, my you know, my goal would be.
0: And actually, even I, I wish he'd talk about it more too. Because if Biden wins, he also he grew up with a stutter. I don't know if he has a learning disability, but I know he had a stutter. He yeah. doesn't talk about that much, um, but he's, but that's his thing. And it would be great Regard like So either of them come like be yeah. big about it. Like you had this thing you've dealt with your whole life. And they
1: don't talk about, you know, Trump, does he know? Like, has he been I tested? Know
0: he knows. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Um, so that's the only question, but you know, Biden doesn't talk about it. Cause how much pain, you know, we know the pain that came with it. Are you okay? I wish he would talk about it. about
0: it. I wish, I wish Biden would just start talking about it.
1: Um, the reason not, because he's
0: not comfortable enough. He's not comfortable. Yeah. It, it shows especially in politics,
1: you gotta hide you know, you gotta fake and hide behind. So he truly doesn't love himself enough to be okay about it with it.
0: No, which would be, man, imagine that debate. If they were both on the debate stage and instead of yeah. them arguing, which is what they're gonna do, they start talking about their similarity of both having learning issues and struggling with that. Oh, my gosh, that would change the world.
1: You know, and one of them, you know, whoever that just goes public with that, you know, um, you know, obviously leaned towards Trump just for the fact that what he, you know, being dyslexic, what he could do for the dyslexic world, being one in five. Like, he just, he just did that autism bill, 1.6 billion, you know, which is great.
0: Oh, right, and his son is, I think, on the spectrum. Uh,
1: there. I think his son's on the spectrum and his grandson's dyslexic.
0: So it's like, it just come public with it. Yeah.
1: Again, you know, um, he can, if he wins again, he couldn't before because the world's not ready for it. But guess what, when you're in your second, your second term and you come public with it, the world will take some, it'll you know, take some time. But they'll respect it at the end of your term, and you'll respect what you did
0: and how you changed the
1: world.
0: Yeah, because that would really be changing the world. Oh, massive! And yep. that's uh, speaking of logic party to me. That's that. See, that goes above all party lines. Yeah, Any and that's a w- good
1: thing. Now we do, what we're dealing with, there is no parties. No That's right. It's a, the world's gray. You know, and. And politics is all about money and, you know, they don't know that, you know, this world's ran by like 15 countries, it's, or 15, you know, companies, it's just, they don't understand that, you know, so. Um,
0: no, it's money. It's, I mean, this has shown throughout this last uh, couple months, it's even more obvious, it's money. Yeah. I mean, like, for a time they're more driven, I think it's stopped now, but they're more driven to open the economy than people's health. And that's because the companies are running it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, people are pissed off at Trump and what he's saying. I'm like, listen, he's not talking to you. He's talking to the investors. He's talking to economists. He's trying to keep the economy going. But, you know, the, the 95% of the
0: population doesn't understand that. No. And that's why we got to rise above it to actually talk about these topics that matter.
1: It's, it's helping them understand what they don't know.
0: Yeah. Which is, uh... well, let's hope. And, dude, yes. this, this has been a really... Awesome. Uh, I'm glad we got to. Yeah, no, I
1: appreciate you. You know, squeezing me in and the old, the old Zoom. um, I uh, I always say your face for radio. So. No. I appreciate the time. And yeah, let's uh, text me tomorrow and we'll catch up.
0: All right. Cool. Cheers. See you later. Cheers cheers with uh,
1: with uh, with water. I'll talk to you later. All right. Later.